Hi guys, Sean and Miriam here, and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast. Every other week, we will be chatting about all things school-related, from school dinners to Ofsted ratings. Join us in the conversation as we delve into the life of a teacher, the good, the bad, and the downright hilarious. Now, lesson is in session. Hi everyone, and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast. How you doing, Miriam? I'm really good, thank you, Sean. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. This week we are talking about open evenings, Mm -hmm. which is that time where we open the doors in our school to let people come in and see what we're up to. Um, And actually, my school has just had their open evening this year. And it's a big deal because obviously we haven't been able to open the doors physically to people for a long time. So it was high stakes and you'll never guess what happened. What happened? Tell me. The fire alarm went no. off. <laughs> I've, I've got to it. I wasn't actually there when it happened, but I've heard the story. Oh my and goodness. you can imagine the panic <gasps> that people were talking about. What did you do? Like line up the parents in the playground? Like what do you do in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was talking to um I was talking to one of the staff, the guy that was running it, you know, this was his like he's a new member of staff as well, so it was oh, like the first the first thing he's kind of like organized and it's like you know six weeks into the term (laughs) and he was like in the middle of like the hall basically our hall and the fire alarm went off and he's like is that is that the fire alarm i've never heard the fire alarm no what a nightmare yeah never experienced a fire drill in the school either but who was it science department food tech Who was responsible? You got it in one. You got it in one. It was fire science department. Um, I think they did an experiment that that set off the fire alarm, but it was like there was no one died. You know, it wasn't anything. There was nothing burnt or anything. And um, from all accounts, um, parents were really impressed with how professional and every all the students were and all this. So I think it it had um, it it kind of swung in the school's favour slightly, but. I'm sure they would have wished it didn't happen. The latest marketing ploy, <laughs> have a fire alarm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if you're struggling, you know. <laughs> New strategy. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, yeah, because you imagine like the things that are going through people's head though at the time, like has someone let the, f- has it, imagine, you know, you've got all your best kids in the school and someone set the fire alarm off. Oh, nightmare. Nightmare. You know, that that... That isn't a thing anymore, though. I don't know if it is in other schools, but I remember when I was a kid at school, setting the fire alarm was a, a thing people did. Oh, completely. But I guess there's so many cameras nowadays, kids can't get away with it. Completely. Wouldn't even think to do it or whatever. But yeah, so this week's episode is about open evenings and all the magic that can happen <laughs> when we open our doors. So let's get into it. Hope you enjoy the episode. So can you remember your open evenings <laughs> that you went to as a kid? Yeah, no. I really do, actually. Um, like when you're in primary school, there's that excitement of going to big school, isn't there? Of like, ooh, like, what's it like? And it's, yeah, you're just so excited. And I remember like making sure I dress really nicely in preparation. Don't know why I bothered. And then <laughs> <laughs> you go to all these different secondary schools and we were relatively kind of new um to the area so it really was like we don't know what we're going into it's not like 
there's this standard secondary school that mm. everyone goes to that we're going to that it like wasn't that case for us and actually the local secondary school wasn't particularly great so my parents really didn't want us like really didn't want me to go there so yeah so I remember going to my older brother and sister's um secondary school being super excited and I get there and it was huge everyone felt like they were like 10 feet tall and I was this small tiny fish after being in year six you know when you like you're in year six like you're the top of the school top dog top dog do you know what I mean (laughs) and then you go to secondary school and you realize on open evening I am small (laughs) I am small fry and um yeah so I just remember going and I remember vividly the PE department more than any other department because suddenly there was like all this new equipment that you get to like play with so they they had like the gymnastic people (laughs) why am I calling them gymnastic people gymnasts (laughs) they had them like doing cartwheels and different things and then they had like on show the basketball um like a basketball match happening at that time and it just it all felt really exciting because suddenly there's all these like new spaces that you could access um so yeah I just remember being really excited about going to to big school and then suddenly feeling so scared and then what was quite upsetting for me was we went to I think three open evenings of different schools and I didn't end up going to any of them oh no so like what I had always imagined like my secondary school experience being on my first day of school I had nothing to compare it with like I didn't know what the building looked like I didn't know what the space was like I hadn't been able to visit the actual school that I ended up going to so um yeah open evening exciting and actually really important I think to prepare you for school yeah, I mean, I had a similar experience. I didn't get into the schools that I visited mm. and ended up going to one which I didn't choose to go to. But I think to get you in the mindset of what it's like being a year seven going into, no, year six going into a, a secondary school, you got to remember that year sixes don't, they have one teacher all yeah, day, same teacher for everything. Don't leave the same room. You know, maybe you have a music lesson somewhere or maybe you go in the hall for PE, but generally you're in yeah. the same room all day, aren't you? Yeah, even, right? Sorry to cut you. But you know when you're in primary school, I don't know if this still happens, but I know for us, we had to write in pencil, but then to go to secondary school, like on your last day of year six, you were given a pen. <laughs> and it was uh, so exciting <laughs> to we, be given a pen to suddenly write in We were allowed school. pens. Yeah, we weren't trusted. Wow. I mean, <laughs> we were given a dictionary that was our like parting <laughs> gift like a little dictionary clearly there was a difference in funds that yeah. were available <laughs> yeah but yeah anyway sorry that was my I just remember that um, suddenly it came to my mind yeah I mean the school. thing that I have in my head is like seeing a Bunsen burner for the first time and going oh, what yeah. is this wow science experiments yes. because you know you don't have that at all yeah and, well you certainly didn't in my primary school true um, like science was very much textbook kind yeah. of learning um but yeah to see like science experiments happening mm-hmm. was like really cool and like dt all these type of like specialist rooms that were uh, yeah there for you to be able to use when you uh, were older that was cool yeah it was um, a bit disappointing though right because like, you go to the science room on open evening as a year six and they're doing all these amazing experiments and then you come to like year seven science 
and you never see them <laughs> yeah. ever again. And you're like, what? They sold me a dream. Like, what? This isn't what I saw on open evening. Yeah, do you know what's <laughs> weird? I'm, in my year seven year as well, mm-hmm. we essentially what didn't move classroom all day and we had the same teacher all day again no yeah it was weird you know <laughs> yeah. i didn't know that obviously until i started but yeah um one of the big excitements is that you are going to go around and have all this space to do all yeah. these things and when i think of the you know putting on open evenings that is kind of what it is isn't it mm. you're just showing off everything yeah and it is a bit of a, um, you know, it's a shop window, as totally. they say. I was just going to say that. I was like, it's just such a shop window of a small snippet of what school life is mm. like generally, isn't it? Like, I mean, that makes sense though, right? Because as a school, you're, you've got to put your best foot forward. And I suppose with schools having to really compete against one another to get, you know, students in through the doors because ultimately let's face it it's about money it's about can we sustain this school can we pay for stuff can we pay for things for the students Mm. and how do you get money as a school by having bums on seats and so you need to show off the school in the best possible light um and it's really interesting how how competitive schools can get on those open evenings (laughs) yeah and I, i don't know how much other people who are listening to this will know but essentially, and I don't know the exact and precise figures, but you get specific money mm-hmm. for how many students you have in your yeah. cohort size yeah. for your year seven. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can be like, if we have this certain number, we'll then be able to pay for this extra resource, this yeah. members of staff. And obviously you can build and improve your school. And, um, you know, the, the journey that, um, the school that we worked on together. Mm-hmm. I remember going to open evenings at the very start and they were like ghost towns. Yeah. And, you know, the year groups were undersubscribed. Yeah. And as results improved, yeah. more interest comes in. Totally. You know, and I think it's fair to say this school had a previous reputation from yeah. that was like a legacy. Most definitely, yeah. And that's completely changed now. And it's, the so has the open even an experience mm. and it's hard to say is it a chicken or an egg kind of thing you don't know which one comes first but um what i do know now is that um you know it's definitely that all that work that we put in with those mm. open evenings does feel like it has paid dividends yeah and now we are oversubscribed yeah totally you know, seven. it's about the story you tell isn't it mm. um and i think every school has a story that they tell whether it's about they're increasing like results a level results gcse results yeah. whether it's about you know that a new building can make a huge difference because i remember yeah. in the previous school we didn't have a new building it was an old building it wasn't very nice and then we had to knock that down and we had to you know we we got a new building and over time that starts you know word gets out on the street as new resources new building new equipment new facilities and even those things themselves sell don't they yeah like to definitely. get to get kids in in through the buildings i mean I, w- I visited a school the other day and their um their site is incredible they've got like three full-size football pitches mm. like multiple basketball courts like fields upon fields like the resource and facility that is available in that school is on another level that I've never experienced and that school is massively oversubscribed for year seven like it's a 
competition to get into that school. Yeah. And it's really interesting because that school has opened up another school that has opened up not too far, about 10 minutes away from that school is struggling with numbers of recruiting yeah. numbers, not because it's a bad school because they've only got year seven in that school. So they don't have any results yet, but like purely just because of the facility sells a story and, and that's what it's about, isn't it? So then you've got these kind of competing things that, you know, what will happen with those schools? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. And I've worked in a school that only had a couple of year groups mm -hmm. and you don't have a solid culture that's been, you know, forged over time to kind of back you up when you're saying things and you don't have alumni yeah. and all these things that help. Mm. Um, but you do have your story. You do yeah. have your vision. Yeah. And obviously, you know, even for schools that are trying to change their story, you know, they still have that vision that, you know, and, and um, our principal is very good at setting that out at the start. The yeah. first thing that happens on our parents' evening is a talk. It's a, yeah. it's a speech, outlines results, puts the results in context because sometimes parents don't really understand yeah. what the results <laughs> mean. And um, particularly when you're going from a, a key stage three set of results, which are now very different to key stage four. Yeah. So it's hard to know what yeah. the context is. And it's interesting you saying about other schools because you do mm. compete with the schools in your borough totally. and you do compete with the schools that are, you know, closest to you because essentially you are trying to get the same students all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I like now as well that and this is a slightly separate point, but now that there's more of a focus on progress mm. and not just, um, you know, getting a, a C and above as it used to be. Yeah. Every student is valuable in a way yeah. that for, 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 you know, that type of headline figure. Totally. And, and, you know, it just allows you, I don't know, it allows you to really, really kind of cater to everyone in your area, essentially, yeah. with all your facilities and all your programs. Because I don't know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm being sceptical, but um, it always felt like some schools would really like get the students that are going to get seen above yeah. more than the others yeah and it would yeah, keep yeah. the schools that can't access those students mm -hmm. as underperforming or, or yeah. whatever or getting you know poor headline figures yeah. but they're great schools well that's the, that's the issue of postcode lottery isn't it because mm. then then it's like a, a vicious cycle and a self-fulfilling prophecy of you know you've got this set of this demographic of kids that are always going to these schools and so yeah. they're always then going to get these you know results and then the schools that are, are improving and 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 trying to do some great Adding work in the community students, exactly yeah. they then you know are not necessarily seeing that same thing and then people move into the area and there's this whole process of this self-fulfilling vicious circle you know thing that is taking place we talk about it a lot in sociology actually in the education section about you know how marketization really has an impact on on school mm. results and league tables and all of those things so i think you're right the the fact that we're measuring progress does start to mitigate against some of those factors for sure yeah be, because to a parent looking in mm. if you're looking at a school that has 70 percent you know, four and above, four plus at English and maths, and you have another school that has 50%, you would think that logically that the 70% school is better, mm. but that might not necessarily be the case. They, their progress expectancy might 
dictate that it should be 90% of their students are getting this grade. And then the other school might be predicted only to get 40, but they're getting 50. So you've got one school that's outperforming the other in terms of progress. And, you know, the likelihood if you sent your child to the school with a lower attainment, Mm -hmm. you know, the chances are they'd make better progress there. Yeah. You know, and and as you said, when you're marketing, you can choose your narrative. You can choose what to promote. So that 70%, I'm sure, is slapped over everything. Totally. You know, if you're getting that. And you see it, you know, (laughs) you don't have to be in a traffic jam in London to see a um, school on the back of a bus (laughs) and it has just got figures or it's got an Ofsted rating in there. And you have to, I think, really do your research. Yeah, completely. But in terms of like an open evening, yeah. what can a parent look for on an open evening that's going to mm, really help them? I think, you know, you've already said about progress scores. I think that's really, really important. Um, I think if I was going in as a parent now, I would... You know, on open evenings when they might put out books and things like that, I would probably really want to have a look at those books. Although, you know, it could be fixed and those teachers might have just put out their best five books. Mm. You know, maybe asking for more books to look at and seeing what's the interaction between the teacher and the student. What's the feedback? What's the marking? But then I suppose every school has a different marking policy. So you'd want to be aware of that. But I'd want to see what's the interaction like between the teacher and student. I think as well... um, like the culture and values of a school knowing you know what is it that this school stands for Mm. and then asking the students that are open evening and the teachers about it and if it's something that's really built into them if it's something that that school really does value then those students and those staff should really talk about it you know really fluently really clearly like i've been yeah giving the same answers because i've been in school situations where you ask about their vision and values and and the students don't really know what to say and Mm. they they might have a very different response to what the staff are saying and the staff themselves have individual responses whereas I know where where we've both worked there's been really strong culture and values and literally everyone knows them it's almost like you need to get a tattoo of them when you join the school (laughs) like it's 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 known and if 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 a parent was to talk to us about them we would talk about them with with confidence so I think that would be something else I'd, I'd really look at and then you know this is a small thing but look at display boards so you know this is only because you're like the queen of display no it's not but i am thank you for recognizing that but (laughs) (laughs) but i would look at display boards because i think that it is an indicator of how um that those staff members take care of their classrooms and if you take pride and if you take care in those types of things you know that you're keeping things fresh that you've got student work you you know you haven't got tatty boards up then i think that demonstrates like a, a position of care and it, de- mm. it demonstrates you know something of pride in that space being a learning space and, and the importance of that so those are just like three things that I might look for in addition to yeah I'll look at the progress um, rates and the, the exam results and things like that but I would rather look at those things yeah I think what I find impressive even just going around our own school mm. and seeing them is seeing what a year seven is now capable of. So Mm. it's easy to make a year 11 or year 10 seem impressive to, Mm. you know, a a 10 year old or 11 year old. But finding a student that has been at that school for one year only Mm -hmm. and then seeing what they have achieved in Mm. the subject area that they're in or, you know, just asking them to talk about the school and their experiences. I think that's that's what I want to hear as a parent, I guess, even though yeah. I'm not one, but that's what I'd want to hear yeah. because 
because when I hear it from our students, that it, it makes me feel something that it, that I don't feel when I hear the other students. Totally. Um, and that's a, you know a little tip for any teachers out there: get some year sevens in mm. to help you. You know, some ones that can really talk about their experience because they'll remember what it was like. Yeah, they're living be, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, they are impressive. Yeah, and they do do some great things. Yeah. Um, but that's a bit of a another competition that's going mm. on. So in the school. There is always a competition for each subject to recruit Ooh. kids to help them out. It's true. <laughs> and I can't actually believe that kids want to help as much as they do, but they all oh, want to be involved. Do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A late night, they want to, you know, yep. bit of pizza or whatever it is. <laughs> and they want to, they do want to. They want to help out. Yeah. And then there's the battle of, you know, who do you get? And then yeah. staff do get competitive because, you know, as a staff member, you want to make sure your room is the room to be part of right <laughs> and we do whether we say it or not we do get competitive and we want to be the most creative we want to be the most like liked we all just want to be loved really don't we <laughs> what have you done but, yeah. what have you done to get attract attention oh so i've i mean i i've done it from different angles so obviously i've been like an re teacher and a humanities teacher so in humanities we can get really creative with dressing up like dressing mm. up as historical characters yeah. and do it like you know getting the experiential stuff so in re you have like your, your incense burning and you'll have we used to have this game where we had loads of like religious artifacts and then around the room we had like the station names i.e like judaism christianity hinduism and they we played a game and it would be who like in a certain amount of time or in the quickest time can take the artifacts from the middle of the room and run to the correct religion and put all the artifacts in the correct religion would you do that in a lesson uh, no never <laughs> exactly <laughs> never. And like, that is the point that people have to realize all the things that we do it's just <laughs> it never, never happened it. i would no. never do this game where i've got like 15 incense. kids running about trying to like match the the artifacts and incense going and you know all of that kind of thing so and then yeah history dressing up as different characters and yeah it's, it's Shop fun window but we don't dress up for work no. <laughs> as henry the eighth <laughs> and um yeah it is it's a little bit of a a ploy i can't lie what about yourself what have you done in music yeah so we've got <laughs> i want you all to imagine our music department is essentially on a curved corridor so it's in a it's in a, the pe a pentagon the building is called but the music what, department what shape is, would that be yeah but the <laughs> corridor's curved so oh, you don't okay, it's fair. not like you know fair, fair. it's not a blocked corridor because the classrooms are on the outside mm -hmm. and in between the classroom and the center is a curved corridor and we've got rooms all down the curved corridor and we were doing like different things in each room. So we'd have music from the GCSE performances playing as you entered through speakers, Lovely. you know, advertise a little sign there. We'd have live performance going on. So we just had like kids doing like a band practice. Yeah. You know, competent kids playing something cool, do, having a bit of a jam. And like if other students are able to join in, they could come and join in. Mm -hmm. We'd have like, you know, accessible, um, accessible instruments like djembes and things like that for kids to kind of get involved with and then we'd also have in the computer room all the students on the max with their projects that they're doing mm -hmm. for gcse composition getting students to do you know looping and things like that so it was very interactive and immersive and it's quite cool really it's mm -hmm. very hands-off for me as the leader and yeah. 
we'd have students there that could talk to them in each room. Mm-hmm. So that was quite good. And that's actually quite reflective, to be fair, of what actually does go on, isn't it, really? Kids aren't just jamming in my lessons, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not like that, really. <laughs> um, but the, the the composition stuff is pretty similar, yeah. I guess. You know. I think being a practical subject, it does lend itself to yeah. being maybe slightly more fun to come to on an open evening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you've to got to see... think outside the box if you're doing yeah, RE. Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you going to do? Let's all, like, have a guided meditation. Like, I don't know. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can imagine that music and PE and cooking and all of those things are just, they just have that more sexy factor that does grab the kids we in. We are sexy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But I was going to say that um, I've, I've kind of seen Open Evening from two angles. So one as a teacher, well, one as a student myself, one as like a teacher of a subject, and then one as somebody who oversees an Open Evening. Yeah. And that being quite a fundamental part of my job and what I do because... So sixth form you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So being being the head of sixth form the marketing and the recruitment is is so crucial because ultimately you've got to you've got to get again bums on seats for the sixth form to be financially viable for you to be able to run all the courses you want to run and so it's quite a bit of pressure actually to make Mm. sure you get that that open evening right and that you kind of um yeah pitch it well and so I just remember when I first started leading the sixth form I would just go around all the other sixth formers in the local area and see what they did on their open evenings and I was like right (laughs) that was good that was good I'm not doing that I'm gonna make that better and I would just go with magpie and actually I don't think that's a bad thing um I think it's actually quite a good thing to do so you know if you're a new head of sixth form or a sixth form leader you know I would encourage you to do that check out what is going on out there because it's really interesting to see how other sixth forms do entice students um I I guess like with our sixth form like we wanted to obviously get majority internal students coming we want our kids to be in our sixth form ultimately but we did start to to gain a huge amount of popularity with external kids and so we would see in like you know over 500 applications coming through for sixth form and it'd be like oh my gosh what's going on like we don't have that many spaces we've got like 90 spaces that's it um but yeah that open evening carries with it a different kind of pressure for sure so um yeah, that one's that one can be quite intense. So what did you do? Talk us through it. Open evening. Okay, so first of all, I suppose um, you you need to get staff on side, right? So one of the things that, that we did, although we didn't always follow through, but, you know, one of the, the challenges that we set staff with, you're in charge of making sure students are recruited onto your subject. Because if, if your subject doesn't have enough students, your subject isn't going to run. And so we would set a challenge of, um, we want you to create your dream team of students. Mm, like, who do you want? in your A-level classes. And then if you can trans, like if you can ensure that those, that dream team that you submit to me before um, like the end of the summer, uh, not before the end of the summer, before the end of the summer term, if you submit your dream team of students and then they actually come in September and they are like actually in your class, then the, the, the department that can do that, like have the most amount of students that like cross over from dream team to actual reality, that, that department will go out for dinner. And so like we did that, um, and then we also would run challenges with with staff about who does the best displays for the open evening. So we'd have all of the dis- all of the um, subjects in one. We had them in the gym, um, in one room, 
And then, yeah, staff would get a little bit competitive about who's done the best stand. So I remember, like, the computing teachers, they bought their robots and <laughs> had them running around on the floor. And art department just always smash it. Like, yeah, they, they do. do such a beautiful job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we just, we, we kind of created a bit of excitement and challenge and fun for staff, first of all. Because if you can get the staff to really sell their subject, they're the best people mm-hmm. to sell their subject. And they're going to give off that best, like, passion to the kids and talk about their subject with, with excitement that makes that kid want to actually study it. So that's the first thing is get staff on board. Then um, I suppose it's about creating a great experience for the kids. And I'm a big believer in feeding children <laughs> i think food is a strategy in terms of um actually getting kids wanting to be there and i think you've got to hit all the senses so we'd have like music playing we'd have the smell of popcorn and the smell of like candy floss we'd so you didn't just have popcorn you had a popcorn making machine we did like old school 1920s type yeah of like thing. a fair yeah. like popcorn machine candy you know the machine you know you know what it looks like um we'd have that so you've got the smell of that in the air before that we would um give the the kids gfc so the name of our school and then fried chicken gfc they also made the principal (laughs) look like colonel sanders we did we vectorized (laughs) we vectorized a picture of our principal to look like the colonel so much effort and stuck that (laughs) stuck that on all all of the gfc boxes so yeah we 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 gave food to the kids we just made it fun for the kids and hitting all of their senses and um and then just had yeah great stands and staff great staff to kind of lead that and then prior to that before that point because like i said we really want our internal students to to be the majority of the sixth form we um we obviously ran taster sessions ran um taster lessons and then it would then flow into the gym where students would then be able to go around the stands and and different things like that and then in terms of marketing externally i would just be reaching out to schools that didn't have sixth forms we had a sixth form video made a recruitment video made that we'd send to these local schools and that was a big investment but really nice quick easy thing um for us to for us to send to schools that didn't have six forms for them to just play in an assembly so we spent money like we marketing budget of the sixth form you know was quite strategic in making sure that was done that we targeted six forms uh, sorry schools that 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 we knew we kind of had feeders from we'd send any externals that had come to us we'd send them back to their old schools to kind of do talks and things like that with with their old schools to try and get other year 11s interested Mm. um we did used to have a big billboard in elephant um near where our school is that would promote the school but i think that was probably quite an expense that we didn't necessarily need to do because the majority of the kids that we wanted to come to our sixth form was internal Mm. um but yeah if you were if you were a a school that needed more externals financially you know you needed more externals to come in then you know doing those things i look at the i look at the buses yeah i i do i look at the buses and and things like that and and yeah, I can name two schools now. <laughs> right. I've never been to. Exactly. That I know have six forms. Exactly. Of a bus. And and the truth is that that is helpful. And then social media stuff, like we'd have social media challenges and things as well, just to really push and promote. But it's a big thing. It's a lot. No, it's it a is. lot to think about. And and I think when you become a head of six form, you don't realise actually how key it is because yeah, if you don't if you don't get those students through the door in September 
that's a big financial loss for you and that could mean you know cutting a subject next year and reducing your options and offer to students so it's it's quite important to be honest yeah and if you're under if you're under capacity you're also you know likely to essentially have to accept students halfway through the year more Mm -hmm. frequently which causes so much disruption yeah um and i'm not saying you know obviously those students need to go somewhere and you'll take them in anyway but it is disruptive and you know very difficult when students don't start day one yeah um for you you know to embed them in your culture yeah from day one and you know for them to just feel the whole experience from the very beginning yeah definitely but yeah my advice to anyone that's um, doing maybe a sixth form open evening, I mean, to anyone doing any open evening, is make it sensory as well. Like, hit the senses, like, taste, smell, what they hear, what music's playing, you know, what they're seeing. What they eat. Yeah, all of that, you know, all of that is really, really important. And get staff excited to do it. Um, Because there's definitely nothing worse than a staff member standing there like, I really don't want to be here right now. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, it is always in the evening. Um, yeah. Sometimes it remember? used to be on a Saturday. I was just going to oh, say, oh. <laughs> we used no. to do a Saturday no, morning thank you. open morning, and it was awful. Do you remember that that year? Yeah, no one but comes. hardly anyone came, and Ugh. we all had given up our Saturday, and we were all fuming. Yeah, yeah, don't do no open more. mornings on Saturdays. Yeah, and, and <laughs> they do have sometimes in different schools and sixth forms. It's more common, I think, to have like open days where parents can come in during the day yeah and you do a tour and there are lessons going on and if that is available to you as a parent definitely mm. do that one totally. hey do it even if you did the 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 all normal open evening yeah you know go back and see if they are what they say they are and definitely you know you get you get such a feel of a school when you can hear learning taking place mm. um and it's quite a tangible experience, isn't it? Just walking yeah, the corridor. Yeah, because it's less something that you can control and less of a shop window experience because actually anything can happen in the classroom. Yeah. And so when you're going around, if you get the opportunity to go during the day of actual school day, you're you're seeing what really does go on rather than that open evening experience that whilst it's great and, you know, does does pull people along, it it can be a little bit of a false uh, image of what goes on every day in that school. Have you ever had a student, not a student, like a, a potential student come through and they're just misbehaving so appallingly, just running around screaming? In the open evening Oh itself. yeah, in the open evening. <laughs> I've had this on the normal, and then the parent is just allowing it. No, I've not had oh, that. Go I don't know if it's because I'm in the music department, but I'm just there and I'm looking at the parent and I'm looking at the child and the child's like just smashing the drums and like you know what I mean having Ooh. just having a whale of a time and I'm, I'm like then the kids in the room are looking at me and then I'm looking at the parent and then I'm looking at kid and then looking back at the students I'm like okay I'm gonna have to like approach this now yeah it's very awkward I can imagine that being awkward because you're not their teacher no, no and you're not their parent no and say so, excuse me yes. young man awkward. you know could you uh, put down the drum don't do that don't, don't do that don't do that don't <laughs> Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Never come back. Yeah. <laughs> this school's not for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I've not experienced that, but yeah, clearly it happens you're a like little once, bit stung by it. Once a year. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's a, might one. be the same kid just coming back every year. <laughs> He's now 23. Yeah. <laughs> he still comes. <laughs> Banging the drum. Uh, that is funny. Yeah, no, I've not experienced that, but I can imagine that being quite awkward because you're just like, 
Come really? On. Again? You're here <laughs> Wait again? till you're here and I'll deal with you properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's all I've got to say on open evenings, personally. Close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'd be good to know what your strategies are if you have particular strategies for open evenings or there's something creative or innovative that you particularly do it'd be good to hear from you guys our listeners let us know and then we can share those strategies and ideas yeah or even just some experiences that you've had uh, <laughs> or you <know>. fails <laughs> yeah and maybe <laughs> some top tips for other schools and we can read them out next week yeah so we've come to that part of our podcast where we like to do a little bit of show and tell. And this week, I wanted to just highlight the work of Pixel. Some of you will be really familiar with Pixel. But one of the things that they've been doing is a book club on Spotify and Apple Music. It's a podcast that you can download. It's called the Pixel Leadership Book Club. And I've really enjoyed listening to it. It's been like a mini CPD in my car as I've been going to work, obviously, after listening to our podcast, of course. But um, it's been great to listen along to these it, it, it usually involves two leaders or school leaders or someone involved in education just sitting down with Rachel Johnson the CEO of Pixel and talking about a book that they have read and how it applies to school and education it's not always a, a school or education book um, but it certainly is really really interesting I know they've had some great ones The Art of Gathering Radical Candor Limitless so if you've read any of these books then uh, definitely give it a listen if you haven't read any of these books give it a listen but there's some really insightful and inspiring things to listen to so check it out you can find it on Spotify or Apple Music it's Pixel Leadership Book Club I actually just just recorded one of these myself um, but it won't be out until January so I'll leave you hanging until then but until then give it a listen so we come to that part in our podcast where we like to shine a light on the latest in education news and there's been recently an article about MPQ qualifications so I'm just going to read the the kind of Headline here, so £184 million of MPQ's funding is now available to all schools after a DfE U-turn. So basically, Sean, what was happening was, um, you know, the MPQ qualifications like MPQ ML, MPQ SL, MPQ H, mm -hmm. I know we've done, Great courses. We've done some of those courses. Um, they, the funding was reduced and actually funding was only going to be given to schools from deprived areas. But the government had done a massive U-turn and, and decided, I guess, to, to make funding available for all schools, for teachers and for leaders to now be able to access things like the MPQSL, MPQH and the executive leadership training. So just wondering your thoughts on that. What, what, what are your thoughts? Did you, you've done an MPQ of some kind, I think? Yeah, I, I mean, I've trained on the MPQ, ML and SL mm -hmm. and they were both excellent courses. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed them and I recommend like, you know, that level of CPD to anyone that's, um, you know, you don't have to be an aspiring head teacher to to want to do that or even an aspiring senior leader. It's just these skills that you learn are great for leadership at any level. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, just leading within your own department or, or whatever, the skills that you get on how to plan some projects effectively, how to, mm. you know, communicate better. They, they are excellent. And the great thing about the course is you get to practice doing it with other people. Yeah. You know, I thought that's what I found to be, um, to be really useful. And you, there's also like, the, everyone's committed to getting better. Yeah. People are giving up their time, you know, within the MPQSL, I believe 
half the time was on a Saturday. That's, yeah, you know, there was definitely some correctly, Saturday sessions. Yeah. We had a weekend actually, yeah, I think. Uh, we had a a whole weekend session um, on my MPQSL. Mm. Um, and it was really good. Like you said, just like being with other leaders, inspiring one another, mm. hearing from each other. You learn yeah. a huge amount. Um, and I guess like reason I wanted to highlight this was um, to people out there who are interested in maybe progressing their p- career, but it doesn't have to be that you're progressing your career, but you just want to learn more and grow more in your leadership. Um, talk yeah, to your definitely. head teacher. Talk to your head teacher about being able to do this. There's more funding available. It's not just for schools and deprived areas. It is for all schools. So find out a little bit more if you'd like to have some CPD and training because the government is paying for it. Why not? <laughs> Exactly. They're getting the bill. <laughs> and and like, you know, I think every head teacher, you know, I think so anyway, would love to have more people yeah. trained to this level, you know, so it's a win win, isn't it? Totally. Ultimately, you can get your training and then your 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 principal will have an, you know, an extra trained body in the school. So definitely knock on the door Monday morning. That's, That's what my uh, <laughs> top tip of the week is. Knock on the door Monday morning. Get me my MPQ. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. SLH, whatever. Enjoy, guys. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Miriam. No worries. Thank you, Sean. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll see you guys soon in an open evening near you. <laughs> no banging on the drums, please. <laughs> Bye. That's all for this week, folks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to connect with us on social media. Just search That Staff Room Podcast. Links are in the show notes. Get involved in the conversation by leaving comments and messages. This podcast is all about sharing ideas and building connections. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you're feeling kind, then leave us a review. Five stars are most welcome. Until next time, top up your coffee, sharpen your pencils, class dismissed. <laughs>